0: Over the past several weeks, we've been talking about navigating transitions in life, and uh, I had on my heart to to, to touch on some, of, some more in this area, some specific things, so we're not going to recap everything, but we will recap some, and uh, those other messages are available online. But let's look briefly at, uh, let's just go to Joshua 1, verse 1. We read this a couple times, this passage of Scripture, but we'll go over this sum and then go forward what we have for this morning. Joshua 1:1 1, 1, it says after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua the son of Nun Moses' assistant saying Moses my servant is dead. Now therefore arise go over this Jordan you and all the people To the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As it was with Moses, or as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to the people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now we spend some more time even talking about uh, this passage uh, just in a little bit more depth. But I want you to notice a few things. So Joshua is taking over for Moses. Moses was a great leader of Israel. Moses led the people, millions of people for years. Joshua was his assistant. Joshua learned from Moses. But now Moses has passed on, you know, as the Lord told him, Moses, my servant, is dead. So this is a huge transition. This is a huge transition for the nation of Israel. This is a huge transition for Joshua. And the Lord is telling Joshua what to do in this transition. And these things apply to us. And we talk about some of these things. We'll recap some of that. But the, these things apply to any transition. All of us come to transitions in life. I mean, there's some sort of transition going on all the time. But there are bigger transitions. There are smaller transitions. Uh, you know, there's just di- different seasons in life, different stages of life, different, you know, do- job changes, school changes, relationship changes. Um, you know, changes geographically, changes when you just move locations, all these types of things when your kids go from one stage to another, when you have kids to begin with, when you get engaged or you get married, or, you know, there's just any number of transitions in life. And God will help us through every one of them, but there's some things that we want to be conscious of when we're going through a transition, because when you're going through a transition, By definition, things are changing, maybe more so. Things are always changing, right? But maybe more so than normal. Or you feel like they're changing more than normal. And so maybe some things that were go-tos or places or uh, circumstances that were constant are changing in your life. And the thing about that is Satan will try to take advantage of that to unsettle you. Because something's changing, because you have maybe additional pressure or you perceive um, just additional, um, because of the change, y- you may be experiencing actual stress, but you're, you may perceive things being higher pressure because things aren't familiar. You re- realize when, you, when you're used to something, it goes into the background of your consciousness, you know? How many of you have ever, now don't take this too, too, you know, literally or whatever, but you know, you're driving and you were, you were thinking about something else and you get to a, a, a location and you're like, you don't really actually remember driving there. <laughs> How many people are honest enough to say that? Because you're kind of on autopilot. You're, you're, you know, you're looking. It's not that your eyes are closed and you're asleep, hopefully. But you're, you're driving and you're, you're thinking about stuff and you're there. Well, you know, that happens quicker when you're on a path that you know. Yeah, you know, when you're, you're driving and it's all new, you're, you're being engaged. You're like, well, look at that, look at that. But I remember um, when I was, I remember specifically, I would go back and forth from Lincoln, Nebraska to Omaha, Nebraska. I was from Omaha, Nebraska. I was going to school in Lincoln, Nebraska. And so I remember in college, you know, I'd go back and forth once in a while, but I remember there was a period when I was taking, I was taking piano lessons from a gentleman in, um, near to Omaha, Nebraska, and I was going to school in, in Lincoln. So once a week, I would go up there for an hour lesson, and it would take me about 50 minutes an hour to get door to door. And I did that once a week, and, you know, you get to the place where that goes really, really fast because you know every inch of the road you know when this is coming up and this is coming up and that, well you can you can do that without really concentrating right you think you you don't have to really think about it hard where am i going to turn cuz you know and you know i that was mostly interstate so it's easy to go well that's the way it is with our lives in every area when something becomes familiar you're not processing it as much and so it's smoother when you when stuff's changing though it becomes conscious, like, well, hey, this is over here. Oh, no, it's not. I'm in a different apartment now. It's over here. And that can just make you slow down a little bit, you know? You're just brushing your teeth and different things that are so normal. Now it's in a slightly different place. And so you're constantly thinking about it. Well, when that's happening, you can perceive that there's, there's more going on. And so when there is more going on and it can feel more pressure, the devil will try to take advantage of that and try to get you, when there's pressure in your life uh, from transition, he'll try to get in there to unsettle you, to make you think that you're in the wrong place, that things aren't going right, that God, well, I thought this was the right path, but what happened, and, and all these kind of things. And we need to understand that. If we'll understand it, then we'll be armed. And we won't fall prey to some of his tactics, of the enemy's tactics. We need to know some of these things that he's going to try. Verse 9, let's just read it briefly. Verse 9 says, "Uh, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. So he said this several times. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So a few things we touched on. Be strong and of good courage. So if you're going through a transition, be strong and of good courage. Be courageous. And then he said, don't be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So don't be afraid during it. Don't be dismayed or discouraged or depressed during it. Because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, so he's with you in the middle of it. So be strong, be courageous. In other words, gird yourself up. No, yes, I'm going through something that's different, but that's normal, that I would go through something that's a transition. It's not unheard of in the human race. That's another thing. The enemy will try to tell you you're experiencing something nobody else has. That's just not true. There are billions of people on the planet, and people have and are experiencing similar or worse things than we have. And we need to understand. If he can, if, this, if the devil can get you to believe you're experiencing something nobody else has ever seen, what does that imply? We just don't know how to handle it. And I can't go to anybody that would know how to handle it because this is unique. Well, that just corners you. That makes it seem like, man, I'm dealing with something unique. Even if you were, God is with you. Okay, but don't buy into the lie that somehow this is unique. No, people have gone through challenges similar, and God can see you through. So don't buy that lie. So be strong, courageous, gird yourself up. Do not be afraid. That's not going to help. That's going to make you go backwards. Don't be afraid of going through a transition. I'm afraid of the unknown. I'm afraid of what's on the other side. Well, that's not going to help. If you yield to fear, you're yielding to the devil. Don't be dismayed or depressed. Don't go, oh, I just, I just don't see how, and, and get, get down about it. That's not going to help, because if you're going through the transition, the last thing you need is for your strength to be sapped because you're depressed about it. Right? So we don't need that. We need to know then this last part that God is with us wherever we go. No matter what's going on, God will be there. He is there. Don't buy into the, well, what if this happens? Well, what if it does happen? God will be there. He'll walk me through. Does God know what he's doing? Yes. Does God know the end from the beginning? Yes. So then we can know that. We can know that he's going to be there. And if he's there, then we can make it through. Now, this morning, look at uh, Ecclesiastes 3.1 just briefly in passing. Now, I'm going to go to another verse quickly, but I read this again. We read this last week. It says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. To everything there is a season. So that gives a sense of timing. Okay, there are different things happening throughout our life, different seasons, different times that we go through. Um, different circumstances, maybe, you know, like we're talking about transitions into new circumstances. But there are seasons, and we need to know that the timing of the seasons. I want to talk about the timing and, and people's expectations as we're talking about that. But let's, let's look at 2 Peter 3, verse 8. Sometimes some of the things, when we're going through a transition, some of the hardest Things is just the timing of it. It can be a short transition, and especially if it's a longer transition or if it's an unknown duration, that can put pressure on you. Second Peter verse uh, 3, verse 8 says, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, "...but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." Now in context, this is talking about God being patient with uh, the unsaved, with with the precious fruit of the earth coming in, and that He is not slack concerning His promise. In other words, He's not late, but He's patient, and He doesn't want anybody to perish." So that's the context, but this applies. It's talking, it's telling us certain things about God, about the Lord. And it says, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. In other words, God doesn't perceive time like we do. It's things that, th- that we think are very long to God, they're very short. If you just look at this, if a thousand years is like a day, then a hundred years is like a two, little over, you know, about two and a half hours. That means a lifespan is under that. It, it, a lifespan of a human being is like a few hours to God. In other words, stuff that, think, that we think, it's decades, it's so long, why is it taking so long is just like that. And so that's the way God sees. We need to know that. We need to know that God sees the end from the beginning. He calls those things that be not as though they are, and He already sees what's going to happen, so He calls it now the way it will be, and time does not exist with Him. He created it. We're in time, but God is outside of time. God has always existed. So when He, the, when he speaks to our heart, when we're walking through things, it's when we're walking through transitions, it's from the perspective of one that is outside of time. And so sometimes you get things on your heart, you, you, you perceive things that he's telling you. And when you're going through a transition, you might think it's come, gonna come down a certain way. Okay, yes, we can be led, yes, we can uh, trust him, but it's, it's, we gotta be careful not to put our own interpretation on what he tells us and put our own timing on what he tells us. Because when you do that, you, it's, it's a doorway to become dissatisfied and unsettled. Because if you think something should already happen and it hasn't happened, but God didn't really say it was going to happen, you may. but you think he did, you now start, if you're not careful, you, you'll be tempted to start looking at God and going, well, why is not this happened? What, what's going on? And we just need to know that God is faithful, that when that He is not late ever. I know that can be cliche. But it's true. God is, it's it's God is never holding, hanging you out to dry. There, there, we live in a fallen world. We need to understand that. There is a devil that's trying to hinder. He can't stop, but he can try to hinder. And so we have to. Know who we are, go forward in the plan of God, and trust Him. Notice the next part says, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Look at that in the Amplified Classic. Verse 9 says, The Lord does not delay and is not tardy or slow about what He promises. I want to read that part again. The Lord does not delay and is not tardy or slow about what he promises. Ever. According to some people's conception of slowness, in other words. See, we may, again, we just read the previous verse, the Lord sees time differently than we do. People can say, well, God's late. You know, people do say, they say, well, it's always, you know, another verse of Scripture, it's always been like this, it will always continue. Where's God? That's foolish. And what we don't want to fall into when we're going through transition pressure is, where's God? What, why didn't this happen? What's going on? I thought it would look like this. Well, we may have thought. But somebody said it like this, time tries trust. The passage of time tries or tests your trust in God. You know, anybody can believe God for three seconds. You know, you're in praise and worship. Oh, God is faithful. God, great. And, you know, I believe in God and here it is. Anybody can do that. But when you're walking through something, and especially when you're walking through a transition and things are unsettled, the enemy will bring thoughts to your head. Well, where's God? Why hadn't this happened? What's going on? This seems slow. Well, that's testing. That's trying your trust for God. And we need to know that God is not slow concerning what he's promised. Verse 9 says, The Lord does not delay and is not tardy or slow about what he promises, according to some people's conception of slowness. But he is long-suffering, extraordinarily patient toward you. Not desiring that any should perish, but uh, that, but that uh, all should turn to repentance. Notice it says, he is long-suffering and extraordinarily patient toward you. Now in context, again, he's talking about uh, people perishing, but that's the truth. He's patient. He's kind. The Bible says that. God is love. That's love. Look at the NIV. Verse 9, it says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, instead he is patient with you. But the beginning of that says the Lord is not slow in keeping his problem. Everybody say the Lord is not slow, the Lord is not slow in, keeping in keeping his promise. Say it again. The Lord, is not slow the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. He's not. He's not slow. He's not slow. He's not slow. He is faithful. Always. He's always faithful. Praise the Lord. Let's see. Yeah, let's go to James 5 verse 7. We'll go there. James 5, 7 says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Talking about the Lord being patient for the precious fruit of the earth, those that are are being saved. See, you know, people will say, let's just get this thing wrapped up. Let's get out of here. Let's go to heaven. Let's have the rapture happen. Okay, I'm not against that. (laughs) If we went this afternoon, I would be happy. On the other hand, why are we still here? It's for people. So for us, if we're like, see, God's patient. And until the last one that's going to come in under this dispensation comes in we're going to be here and so we need to do our part in getting the work done and then we'll be out and then the world's going to be a very terrible place to live with every you know people will be saved then but they're going to wish they would have got saved earlier well why why are we still here it's because God's patient so for us if we go well no I just want to get out of here well that's selfish even though I'm totally like, I would love it. I mean, would, can you imagine being in heaven this afternoon? Where are you going tonight, heaven? I mean, not dying. We're, we're all going. Can you imagine that? I mean, that's, that's, at some point, that's going to happen. You know, if, we, if, if, if God doesn't, if Jesus doesn't come back in our lifetime, which I'm finding it harder and harder to believe he won't, but, you know, because of history, you just keep going on. You're like, well, people have thought that before, but man, they didn't look like this. But you still are like, okay. So if we live our lives out and go be with God that way, okay. But can you imagine at some point there's going to come a time where it's today, it's tonight, it's tomorrow, something, where we are going to be, we're here on this earth in this dark place, and in a little bit we're going to be with him. That That is an amazing thought. Where are you going? We're, well, we're all gonna get together in heaven. There's no curse, no devil. That's that's coming, but I, it's not today. I'll tell you that it's not today. We'd have a witness that is. It's just not now. It's not today, but it's coming. Well, if we're just like, but but I want to get out of here. Well, then if God wants us to be here, but we're not we're not thinking we want to be here. We're we're misaligned. We want to be after His His part. But no, the part I want to show you, verse. Uh, Eight, it says, you also be patient, establish your hearts. So God's patient for the precious fruit of the earth. It's saying, you be patient too. What are we talking about? Transitioning in life. What's one thing? Be patient. Be patient through it. Well, I want it over. Okay, I get that. There can be things that are painful to go through. On the other hand, this is part of your life. And, you know, you can get to the place where I just want to get past this thing. Well, you do that too much, and you realize that's a whole chunk of my life. There might be something that's not, not pleasant, not uh, fun to walk through, but you're still living. You, you still have a relationship with people and God, and you can still grow through it. So be patient. Gird yourself up. Establish your heart. Establish your heart that you know I'm going through this. I'm going over we're going, yeah, it's not comfortable. This isn't the most comfortable thing to not know where all the lay of the land is. But you know what? I've seen it before. It'll settle. I'm not the only person that's going through this. And God is on the throne. And I'm with him. So we're going through. We're going over. And, and know that you trust him. And you know that he'll get you through. And when we were talking about timing earlier. That is not to imply that God's controlling everything. And he makes things happen at a certain time. The point, because some people believe that. Well, obviously, God is not in control of the world. Look at the mess it's in. No, there, there, are, there is a devil, and there are people that listen to the devil. And so to that degree, that's why you see the tragedy that's in the world. No, but God is always faithful to you, and God is always faithful to bring you through. You don't need to worry about him being with you and being for you. So we look to what he we, we trust Him. We read this last week, familiar verse, but Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 just put it up quick. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. You trust God with all your heart. Don't try to figure out the timing. Well, when, when is this all going to be done? I'm going to calculate it. Well, I think it should happen here. You know, you're setting yourself up to have disappointment when there's nothing actually wrong when you do that. Because if you make a timetable that you're reasoning reasoning out, and it's not based, you know, you haven't heard from God specifically, but, but you're, you're making up the timetable. You know God will tell you what to do, but he doesn't always tell you exactly when. Now, as you're walking through, it'll get clearer and clearer. Don't misunderstand me. But God doesn't lay out your whole life for you. Like you have a 50-year plan and you know what everything is going to happen. It's just not. You're going to have to walk by faith. He's going to show you what's coming, and you may get a glimpse of something that's 25 years down the road. And if you think it's next week, you're going to be disappointed for 25 years. If it's, if it's two years from now, but you think it's three months from now, you're looking at the wrong thing. So don't put your timestamp on what God's told you. Trust him. Now, if he reveals something to you specifically, that's one thing, but just know it's him. Don't make it up. Don't, because sometimes we'll we'll put on our desires. Well, I want this to happen. That's not the same as this is when you're ready for it to happen. You know, somebody said this when instead of asking when God when, 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 question you should be asking yourself is, am I ready? am I ready? If it were to happen today, am I ready? Am I ready for it now? That'll that'll clear up some stuff. Well, no, I mean, I want it to happen, but yeah, I should do this and this. Well, you just made yourself a list. Okay, I got to get this done, this, this. Yeah, I need to be ready. I'm not ready. Now, one thing about it Sometimes you think you're ready. I remember Rodney Howard Brown, I read in his book once, he was talking about, he, he thought, oh, I'm ready to do this, and God, just, just make it happen. It was the next phase in his ministry or something, and he was talking about, oh, I'm, he just thought, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready for that. God, when, when, when? And then it was, it was years. It was several years before what he was talking about, and he learned some stuff over that time to where when it started happening, he was like, whoa, 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 God, I'm not ready. He realized before he thought he was just ready. But God knew he needed to grow. And when it started happening, he was like, well, no, no, I'm not ready yet. And that's when it was happening. But he was ready. So if we'll just look to him, God knows God's not a stupid manager. God doesn't misuse resources. God doesn't take somebody that has a heart from him and go, oh, I'll just put them on the back burner. No, he's going to use you to the fullest ability to what we can handle. Moses, was it? Moses, who we were talking about earlier, who Joshua took the place of, Moses thought, you're not going to go into that whole story, but you know he thought he was supposed to do something to deliver Israel way earlier than it was actually time, and he messed up stuff, and he ended up spending 40 years in the wilderness on the, back, on the backwoods getting actually ready to do what he was called to do. And he was a great leader. He just was out of, he was at the wrong time. He had some stuff to learn. Let's go down to um, Isaiah 28, verse 16, if you want to skip down there. No, before we go there, let's go to Habakkuk 2, verse 2, and then we'll go back. If you can skip up Habakkuk, and then we'll come back down. It says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may make it plain, or write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Verse 3 in the NLT. It says, the vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. For it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. So the first thing before that, he's saying, write the vision that, you can, that people can run with it. But here he's clarifying, he said, it's for a future time. Now this applies to things that God tells us can apply many times. God will give you a glimpse on the inside, and you, you perceive something that maybe you're ultimately called to do, or maybe that is, is coming up. But you don't perceive all the details. This, this applies. This vision, verse 3, this vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. Everything God has said in His Word and by His Spirit to any person will be fulfilled. God is not a man that he should lie. His word does not return void. It will happen. But we need to follow him. Don't get out ahead of him. Don't decide that you're going to do your own plan. We humble ourselves before him and say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. I don't care what it looks like. We don't judge by man's standards. We don't look at the way men measure success. We are serving the Almighty, and as He speaks to our heart, we follow Him, and we trust Him, and we walk humbly before Him, and know that His word is true. It says, this vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled if it seems slow in coming, what? Wait. How? Patiently. Does that mean just sit down and do nothing? No. That means you're being enduring, patient about it, and you're expecting and doing what you know to do today. Again, if it were to happen now, am I ready? Well, patience. Sometimes you just you just going through the same thing every day. When you're in a transition or when you're just in a period of time where it's a longer transition, you just showing up and doing the same thing can be one of the hardest things that you've ever done. Because you're itching for something to change. That's on a flip side. We're talking a lot about transition, but what if you're just going through the same thing and you're waiting for something to change, an event that you believe should already be here, you just staying the course and doing what you're supposed to do and showing up and doing a good job and having a good attitude can be one of the hardest things you've done. You want to move. You want to change. You're just itching for something to change, and you staying put can be hard on your flesh. That's the opposite of when everything is changing and you just want something. I just want something stable. Either way, we got to trust God. We go through it patiently. If everything's changing, if everything's different, you're patient. We'll get to the other side. God's faithful. He's going with me. I'm going to be patient. It says, if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Now go down to Isaiah 28, 16. Therefore says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a third, uh, excuse me, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Look at that in the Amplified Classic. It says, Therefore the Lord God says, Listen carefully, I am laying in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, talking about Jesus, for the secure foundation firmly placed... He who believes, now this is the part I want you to get because this is describing, of course in context it's talking about the Christ, the Messiah, and uh, the future, but I want you to see this, this truth. He who believes, who trusts in, relies on, and adheres to that stone will not be disturbed or give way in sudden panic. In the New King James that we just read, it says, he who believes will not act hastily. Here it brings out, won't act in panic will not be disturbed or give way. In the CJB, the last part of that says, for he who trusts will not rush here and there. You could see that panic, be disturbed, will not move fast. The one who believes, in the uh, CSB, the last part of that says, the one who believes will be unshakable. The truth here is, If you're believing God, you're not in a hurry. If you're believing God, you're not jutting here and there. If you're believing God, you're not panicked. But what if you're going through this transition that you you feel like it's trying to shake your whole world? It says you will be unshakable. It says you will not panic. If you're believing and trusting him through something, you will be steady. And so as things are pressing on us, see, people all the time in this world, people are in a hurry. The world's in a hurry. The world wants it done yesterday. We started out, God, God sees outside of time. God is not in a hurry. Everybody say that. God is not in a hurry. Say it again. God is not in a hurry. One more time. God is not in a hurry. Why would he be? He's, never, he's not late for anything. Nothing ever takes him off guard. He knows what's going to happen yesterday, you know, 3,000 years ago, or tomorrow, 3,000 years ago. Why, why does he have to cram? Well, we got to get this done. Are you, okay, we maybe have to get something done But God's not putting pressure on us to get it done fast. I mean, maybe next time we have to say, what do you want me to do earlier? But why would God ever have to get in a hurry? If he knows what's coming, he can prepare you years in advance. And so this is a real key thing. When you feel pressure to get in a hurry, it's in ministry, it's in business, it's in all vocations, it's in family. The world just will tell you, you got to keep going. And if you, if you succumb to that, if you start getting hooked up with all the schedules and the things of the world, you will be dragged forward instead of being led. Because there's a whole lot of people in the world that are not being led and are not listening to God. Do we understand that? And if you're listening to their schedules and they're got to be done, got to be done, come on, you're not on the right track. What are we listening to? That's an avenue to be pressed. That's an avenue to be pushed by the enemy because we think we have to be in a place that God's not telling us. God is the voice of the Holy Spirit is always peaceful and calm, always. Even when God is delivering Stuff you know, when he if he's de- if he's delivering a, a, a strong message, God is not freaking out about it. He's measured. He is not emotional in the sense that it drives him. God has emotions; that's where we got him from. But he he doesn't go out of control. People do. And so, if we feel like no, no, it's it's past time. Do you realize? That's how people pressure people into buying things. That's what a sale is. There can be good sales, but it's going off tomorrow. Act now. What is that? Trying to get you to act, to buy something because you won't have it tomorrow. What is that really based on? It's fear. Well, we got to get this done or, or what? What's going to happen? Well, the, really, what's gonna, is God going to fall off the throne? Well, we're not in the place we should be. Really, are you sure about that? What would Moses have said in the backwoods for forty years? Is he in the place he should be or not? He missing God. He was going to be delivering the nation of Israel, but there was a certain time. If you go by the world standard, see the world. World wants everything done yesterday. They, they, you know, and we, we see a lot of this. In society, there's, you know, billionaires in their teens or, you know, early 20s and running companies and stuff. Nothing wrong with that, but don't glory or, you know, people that are known worldwide when they're teenagers or, you know, very influential. And people idolize some of this stuff, but God's the way God leads people and the way God uh, will bring you along in his plan is not the way the world does. And if we start acting like the world, then we're going to be listening to the wrong things. We're going to be pressed when we should be at peace. We're gonna, we could get in a hurry when we should be enjoying the scene, the view. You want to get to the next thing when you really should be relaxing and enjoying what you have today because circumstances, if they are changing, if you are going through a transition, that means what you're in now Isn't going to be like that in a little bit. And things that you thought, well, I I just want it over. When it's all said and done, you can't go back. Well, I want to get out of this phase. Yeah, and you can't go back to the phase that you were in. But if we'll listen to him, if we don't listen and get, get in a, if we don't start getting in a hurry... If you believe, you're not going to make haste. If you believe, you're not going to act hastily. If you believe, you're not going to run around here and there. If you believe, Jim Preston paraphrase, you're not going to freak out. (laughs) What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, not that. Is God going, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, we're behind. Well, we should already be so-and-so. Why? Well, Because so-and-so, he's on TV and he looks like that. Or they already made their first million. And? And not saying this happens in every circumstance. Have you read the end of the story in some of these people's lives? Mm -hmm. Looks good, looks good, looks good. And everything comes crashing down. And the end, the testimony, the legacy is not a good one. Well, how are we going to know? We're going to have to listen to the Lord, listen to Him when we're see when we're going through a transition. That's a prime thing where the devil's going to try to unsettle you, get you to act. Try to, if he can, push you to get you out of kilter because you're already feeling, fearing, or feeling out of kilter. So if he can get you to go, you got to act now. Whenever you feel that, you got to act now. Stop, because God won't pressure you. He will not. Pressure is of the enemy. God will lead you, and you'll see him out front to where it's unmistakable. All right, that's where we're going. It might have taken me a little while to figure out, but this is where we're going. The enemy, on the other hand, will get behind you and try to ram you into something, especially when you're in transition. He'll try to get you to act out, act now, act now, go. You have to do something. You have to do something. Look, this isn't the same. This is something. You've got to settle it down instead of, okay, Lord, you see this. You see that. You see that. You know where I am. What needs to happen? What actually needs to happen? And go by peace. Look at Romans 15, 30. We'll close with this. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you've been in this church, heard me preach on this, you know, hope in the Bible is often misunderstood. Because in, in when we say hope in our language, most people, they mean wish or desire. But hope in the Bible means a confident expectation. Amen. It means something. So when somebody says, you know, do I hope so, or I, uh, is so-and-so going to win the Super Bowl? Well, I sure hope so. That don't mean I confidently expect. I mean, I, I, that's what I want, right? No. That's not, what, that's not what we mean. So when you read this in the Bible, verse 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in belief. May the God of confident expectation, of expecting something, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. What do you believe in? You're believing what the word said, you believe what the spirit said, you believe that God's a good God. You believe that he's going to bring you through. You're going to believe all the good that he has for you and notice it's going to fill you with joy and peace as you're doing that even through a transition. Even through unsettling circumstances, even through change. There's still joy and peace if you're believing something, if you're actually expecting something good. In other words, you may, it may look unsettled now, but you're expecting something out in front, out past this, that it's going to be good, that God's on the throne, that he's your very own father, that the Holy Spirit is leading you. And so that gives joy and peace. It says that you may abound in hope. What's that? Abound in confident expectation by the power of the Holy Spirit. That you would believe and then you would just be filled with hope. So when you're going through something that's a transition, you're confidently expecting good. You're still confidently expecting that something good is coming. You're confidently expecting that you will get to the other side, that God is good, that he will help you. And so you hope. So you're at peace. So you're settled. Even in the midst of circumstances that look like this, you're still going. And maybe the circumstances don't look like this. It's just an uncomfortable transition. Whatever The case may be, God is bringing you through. God is helping.